Midnight Cage Pride. Someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. The treasure of the Knights Templar is the treasure of all treasures. Oh, I didn't know that, really. My house is mine in a cage. Welcome to episode one of Late Night Cage Fight. The only take Nicholas. two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> and the first movie we're going to be talking about tonight is Nick Cage's first starring role, Valley Girl. We were just discussing Valley Girl when I thought we were recording. By the way, it's Steve, Kevin, and myself. My name is Reese. We are <laughs> we're three friends. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I feel like we the second time around, it's it's harder to remember what we did and didn't discuss. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just get into the movie. That's that's really what my goal that's is, right. to dive right. headfirst yeah. into this, because it's going to be big. But we got to back up, talk back about up. this again. We're three pals from Ohio. We've known each other for a long time. I've known Steve since we were both eight years old. Seven, technically, but okay, just keep seven, track. Okay. All right, seven years old. We were on the swim team. We had a lot of great times together in the pool, in the locker room. We're great friends. Kevin. <laughs> I've yes. Known, I've known Kevin here since junior high. And uh, Kevin is an exceptionally funny guy. I'm glad that he accepted to join this podcast. Uh, we've all seen numerous Nicolas Cage movies through our shared time together, but we haven't had really an outlet for us to, well, the three of us at least, to really dive into some of these movies and uh, get at the core of Nick Cage. This is the first thing I'm gonna say about Valley Girl, everyone. My impression, my thought, was that Nick Cage's personality and, and what he brings to his films was something that was slowly developed over time. And after seeing Valley Girl, I, I can say with absolute conviction, it all started here from day one. It all started before here. <laughs> this, is pure, this is pure Nick Cage at his finest, and we'll get into it. But I did want to ask you, Kevin, um, is there a particular Nick Cage movie you've seen that you really like or admire? Um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, after I saw Face Off, I just thought that was just a great movie. When I was probably even younger, I thought uh, City of Angels was pretty good. Okay. But I've watched City of Angels since, and yeah, it it's okay, but I don't feel the same way as I did, so... Uh... I, I don't really have anything. I, I guess Gone in 60 Seconds, that was, that was you know, for its time, that was kind of neat. Yeah. But I don't know if, you know, I'm sure we will be watching that again. Right. And I don't know if I'll have the same opinion or not. But yeah. I think uh, I think for the time that I saw those movies first, I mean, it fit for my age. But gotcha. I don't know if they would work now. So right. I'm kind of still open. Yeah, well, you... <laughs> on, on a on on a favorite, and we it's have to go to into this with with open eyes. Yes, open eyes, open mind. Yeah. So, are we ready to dive into Valley Girl? I think so. Head first. I think so. All right, let's do this. 
So I'm going to go through this. You guys just just respond when you feel you need to. Let me know if there's something that, that I got wrong. But I mean, I'm not really sure how to, how long to wait because I know that I had I had comments in the first 30 seconds. Yes, yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going... <laughs> oh, my goodness. The yeah. first shot of this movie... It's Absolutely. A, it's a bird's eye helicopter shot of the San Fernando Valley, California. Yep. And there's this juicy radio program playing in the background. Oh, you listen to okay. Oh, oh. And inc- it includes who you assume is the main character of the movie talking about how this is her story. Like it's the beginning of uh, Final Fantasy X, Steve. Remember that? <laughs> and then this this annoying piano song starts to play. I don't know if you guys remember this song. Maybe you liked it. Actually, yeah. I wrote it down. Let me see. It's called Girls Like Me by Bonnie Hayes with the Wild Combo, which, by the way, if you look up this movie's soundtrack, this song isn't even on the first disc. There are two <laughs> discs, and this so, one is on the second disc. But it's the so first song. I, I think it's, it's important to note right at the beginning, because I had to remind myself of this numerous times throughout watching this movie, that this movie is 35 years old. Oh, yes. It's, it's from 1983. Absolutely. Um, because right in the opening sequence, the helicopter scene, uh, I, the, I mean, the very first thing that popped in my head was old home movies that we used to make with that old camcorder and yes. the full-size VHS tapes that I would throw over my shoulder. And I was like, man, this is like the same level of quality that we used to do on that thing. Yes, and there then are... I realized that's probably the same camera they were using. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and some of those montage <laughs> shots... Uh, it looks yeah. like a handy cam, like somebody has somebody, it in their hand and yeah. it's shaking yeah. all over. It's like your dad's and it's, it's, vacation it's, on, it's, it's probably most likely that's what it was. Right. So, um, so yeah, music yeah. plays a big part in this movie, right? We'll get to that yeah. later. Um, but the point I was getting at is once uh, Bonnie starts singing, like I, I was already done with the movie. You know, we see the screen appear, the title screen in pink and... Uh, I'm thinking about what kind of audience this movie was made for when it came out in 1983. So, so what do we see next? What's next? Do you remember the the girls are at the mall? Yeah, they're 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 at the mall. Um, and honestly, so I started this movie off actually with with my wife. She was sitting there watching with me. So that tells me we she watched... didn't finish it with you. Uh huh. She did not finish the movie with you. For some reason. Yeah, well, she had to get up and take care of the baby and other things, so okay. she was kind of in and out. Gotcha. But I had some issues, like with the the stream itself, when I was watching it in the beginning. So after the first five minutes, mm-hmm. um, it cut out, and I had to restart everything, and she right. wandered off. Anyways, as we're watching the entire mall scene, both of us are sitting there watching everything going on. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't understand. I don't understand anything that's going on. What are they saying right now? Right. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not really sure either. <laughs> I, right. right. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, I do want to mention, so we watched this movie on uh, archive.com, I think. So the girls are at the mall. Um, they're shopping because... That's no, they're not shopping. They're they're eating at the for, the food well, court. Before that, before that, there's a couple shots of them looking at at uh, shoes oh, and clothes, yeah, and they got this really bitchy face going yeah. on, and it just kind of says like, "Oh, we have rich dads who can afford to let us max out their credit cards." Yeah. And and I'm sorry, you guys are probably gonna disagree with me. Maybe 
it is some of the worst clothing I've seen in a movie since Deadfall. I, I mean, again, though, we're talking we're talking the early 1980s. I know, but I don't care. It's trash 1980s. I, but but I think I think that's part of the point. All right, fine. I fine. think that's part of the point. All right, so now now they're in the cafeteria. They're having some. <laughs> yeah, they're having discussions about all the dudes with bitch and bods. Yeah, yeah. You listen to five <laughs> seconds of this. And it's like I'm already done. I'm, I've, but I figured it out, Steve. Now, here, listen to this. This is a film written by old rich men for poor and middle class rural and suburban teenage girls just hitting puberty and their dads to watch together. I, I thoroughly disagree. Written from the point of view of what two men believe is the imagination, dreams, desires, whatever, of teenage girls just hitting puberty. Okay. I thoroughly I, disagree. I can't believe a woman, uh, Martha Coolidge, even directed this movie. But anyway, I saw the writer's names pop up on screen, and uh, they're definitely two dudes. But yeah, go ahead. Tell me why you disagree. I just disagree that that was the purpose of the movie. I don't think it had anything to do with trying to appeal to, to women. Or to, to young girls that are hitting puberty. So who do you I think, think the audience in, huh? was? Who do you think the intended audience was? I don't think there was an intended audience. So you just think, the, you think MGM just the, the shit entire, this out? And this is, this is a little bit too early for to make this statement, but okay. I, I, I honestly thoroughly believe that this movie was solely for the benefit of Nicolas Cage. Oh, it was definitely a vehicle. For Nicholas Cage. No, I, I, but I think it was not a vehicle for his career. I think it was a vehicle for him personally. Okay, I, I'm just gonna assume that as we progress through this, uh, th that's gonna make more sense later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, what are the girls talking about? They're, they're talking about bitchin bots. Bitch. He's so bitchin. So bitchin, bitchin bots. Or tubular. Some guy, Brad. Brad. That's his yeah. name, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, but even the dialogue is trying so hard to make us believe that this is how teens talk. I'm yeah. sorry, I have trouble believing that even in 1983 San Fernando Valley that this is how they talk. Uh, the one girl, the, the girl who later allows herself to basically be sexually assaulted, I think numerous times, her, her, <laughs> her voice, her voice... <laughs> Sounds like Chucky from Rugrats. Oh, hi, Tommy. <laughs> it's so it's hot, right? And then her friend stole David Bowie's haircut from the movie Labyrinth. And she looks like she looks like my neighbor, the sleep-deprived soccer mom. So I thought that was that was really great to cast her as a, a hot valley girl. And then can we just can we just talk about the haircuts? Because my opinion is there are very very few passable hairstyles in this movie. I know it's dated, okay? I understand. Still piss me off. I, yeah. What did you think, Kevin? What did you think about the haircuts? I, well, okay, so the, who was the main girl that in, you know, Julie. Uh, Julie. Okay, so her, her hairdo is completely ridiculous. And I think, <laughs> I would think uh, a parent around that time like like you know somebody's mom might have that hairstyle right like yeah. but i saw you know a couple a couple of girls just look like they had mullets 
Didn't, didn't it seem <laughs> like... So there were challenges in this movie because I remember for the first like 20 to 30 minutes, I didn't actually believe that any of these were high school students. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like this movie was made by older people in the 80s who wanted yeah. to capture how teens look and behave. But, yeah. but to fill the holes in their knowledge, they had to just fill it with uh, whatever their own personal experiences were from however many decades ago when they were right. teens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. right away, there's this problem with uh, stylistic uh, consistency based on what I've seen from other 80s movies, you know, like right. Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles or, dude, even Stranger Things feels more like a real expression of the 80s than Valley Girl, a movie made in the 80s. Yeah, so, so that's true. Maybe, I, I, that's where some of my challenges coming in is that it's been a while since I've watched another '80s movie, so okay. I'm, I'm. Yeah, but maybe yeah. it was really like that in the San Fernando Valley. Maybe it was totally hipster, and they did this history hopping fashion thing. I don't know. I just doubt it. Um, it was probably just another shithole like this movie. So from the way they talked, it didn't. It didn't seem to be that way anymore. That it, or any way that it was. Uh, you know, just hipster because they mm-hmm. they sure seemed to think that they were high class and oh yeah, you know, top top of the fashion world. You right, know, right. But it just seemed like some of their hairstyles and some of their clothing came from previous decades. It just looked right. old. It looked old yeah. for the eighties. So, uh, all right. So so there's the. I remember Chucky <laughs> calls her gnarly zits. Great birth control. And uh, this man walks over, this this boy walks by, and the girls make no small effort to hide that they're staring at his ass. Yeah. And then they keep chatting, and then uh, what, what's Julie and her friends talking about, Steve? What are they talking about? They're, they're talking about bitching bots. They are horny, brah. Yeah, they're they're horny. They want they want to get fucked. Fuck off, for because, sure. Like totally. Because everyone knows Valley Girls are DTF. You know what that means? DTF. Um, I don't know. Is that is that LSB? Life sucking bitches? Dirty fucking tramps? Down <laughs> to fornicate. Oh, that one. And there's a party tonight, right? They keep talking about this party. So we find out Julie is bored with her relationship. Then she runs in. She runs into what's his name on the escalator, Tommy. Tom. Tommy. Mister Bad News. The acting is like Troll Two. I'm sorry. We're just a lot of it is passable, but what can you do with this script? They wrote the characters as vapid as possible without having to make them cyborgs. Right. And uh, and. Here's here's one of my pet peeves in this movie. You may disagree. Julie, for a good part of the film, she wears this disgusting white frilly top. And yeah. she, she looks like she just escaped from Westworld, which if you haven't seen that show, it's a great comparison to this movie world, or at least how it feels. So the, here's, here's my next argument. The men in this movie are better dressed than the women, for the most part. There are a couple exceptions we'll get to. But no, the, so... The men in this movie are like they're straight out of uh, what's what's the what's the West Side Story? Oh yeah! Oh yeah yeah yeah! yeah. Gr- that's great a great comparison. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna yeah. say Greece, which is another comparison kind of. I think yeah, kind Greece. of going for it. Yeah. Which is funny because Greece was John Travolta, right? And Nick Cage, oh. you know, had no idea. <laughs> He was going to have to fight that dude. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> yeah. 
so. Yeah, the boys wear polo shirts with the occasional pop collar. But here in, in this opening scene, Julie is wearing this dull blue shirt with a pearl necklace and a giant pin of Woody Woodpecker. It's so bizarre, but I think it's intentionally bizarre because if you think about it, this whole movie is Julie trying to pick the better pecker. <laughs> it's, just, it's just awful. The whole wardrobe should have been thrown in a dumpster fire and not even donated to one of those bins you see on the side of the road for lost and naked kids. Yeah, just destroyed. So. I get a feeling this is not the last time we'll be saying the same statements. Probably. <laughs> um, so this movie was um, low budget at the time, considered low budget, half a million dollars. And I mean, it just it. There are so many moments where you, it really rings true. They couldn't well, even and, so until I, Nick Cage comes in, right? I, right. And, that's, and that's what I would say. I would remind you that we're <laughs> that we're we're not even ten minutes into the film yet. Yes. And we're already more than 10 minutes into our review of the yeah. film. And we're begging for Nick Cage to show up. We're on our knees begging, please, Lord, yeah. save us. Yeah. Please, we need we need a movie. Come on. And in the following scene is when we get exactly that. Yes, but we hold up. We move on to the exact same. Hold up, because I want to mention something before. Um, the All Valley right. Girls are at the beach, but two of them are in a line. They're in a line waiting for something. I don't know, hot dogs or snow cones or... I, I don't know. Dick. <laughs> but there's a party tonight, says Chucky from Rugrats in a bikini. <laughs> well, <laughs> while the guy behind them in line is staring her down hard and, like, rubbing <laughs> against her. And, and rubbing himself against dry her. Dry humping her, is that the right word? Well, anyway, her face, is like, <laughs> it's like she likes it. Did you notice that? Yeah. Do they know this guy? I wasn't sure, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that that, that guy was uh, uh, was that Skip Nicholas or was that Cage? Fred? <laughs> I think it was Fred. Okay, maybe it was Fred. I'm pretty sure it was Fred. You know what? It probably that would make sense since. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't. We'll have to go back and watch it. Anyway, I'm pretty sure cuts. it was Fred because I think afterwards that's that's when he walked over from that point and said something. Right. Okay. So our Valley girls are sun tanning on the beach, and oh. uh, again, what are they talking about? They're just checking out dudes. Yeah. Right. Why? Why that's, is that? That's what girls do anytime they go anywhere and do anything. Because Valley girls are D T F. Then uh, David Bowie hair lady takes off her sunglasses. Holy tit balls, what a hunk. And, and for his first appearance in his first starring role, this gorgeous man runs up the beach, wet, soaked, like he's been delivered from the ocean, from the mystical land of tubular bitchin' hunks. The girls, naturally, they're getting all hot and bothered. He's hot, says Dill. He's my kind of guy, says Chucky. Aren't they all, <laughs> asks Phil. Get it? Those are, those are all Rugrats characters. Right. I had to do another Rugrats. So Nick Cage is standing there on the beach with his bro. There's a party tonight, man. Right. That's, can... that's, that's when Fred comes over because he was in the yes, line. Yes. Yeah. But, but when you look at Nick Cage, did you guys notice this? He has... <laughs> 
he's shaved a design <laughs> into his chest hair. Yeah. Did you see that? Oh, I yeah. don't know if it's a heart or a cow skull or a bird. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks ridiculous. Fuck. And right. I'm just going to call it a heart. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and and say that this is evidence that Nick was already picking his wardrobe and elements of makeup from day 1. What do you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Do when, you when think you've that's got it in, in the, the family, I'm telling you there's there's so much more to this movie in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I'm going to continue holding my my comments. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll continue. You have anything to add? What do you think about that, Kevin? Um, I just felt like as 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 soon as you see him run on the beach, it, it's just like that to me was the uh, was the like his best part. Like that showed him look like way more than he ever was the rest of the movie or anything. It was like that was that was it for him because. The rest of the time, he just looked like a freaking geek to me. But he, but you know, it was almost like two different people. The rest of the movie, he looks like this this skinny kind of just uh, punk guy, and and then in that scene, he's like he he just looks like he he fits in on the beach or whatever. He didn't look different. So you're and, saying that that was probably his best acting the part. Yeah. yeah. Well, doing doing the Baywatch let's, thing. Let's. Let, let's yeah. not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. All right. We won't get ahead of ourselves. But anyway, I, I, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to say only because it was it was this moment when we first saw his massage that I started getting excited because I know of course the did. whole purpose of what we're doing here. I mean, this is this is the appreciation of Nicolas Cage, and mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we're going to find out. We're going to find out exactly who the character he is, and we hear the <laughs> line, you know, like, hey, man. There's a party tonight. Yeah. It's in the valley. Yeah. And Nick. What's he say? In perfect Nick fashion. Yeah. Doesn't blink an eye. Stupid ass look on his face. He goes, what? I don't want to go to the valley. I don't want to go to the valley, man. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So it's like the bitching hunk is, is bitching already. Yeah. He's really got a lot against the valley for some reason pretty quick. I mean, he's. And he makes sure to mention the word valley as many times as he yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah it, it's almost like he gets he gets some anger out just by throwing it. Just I don't want to go to the valley. <laughs> but it was it was this it was the typical expressionless uh-huh. and just like inability to connect. Yeah. Nick Cage. Okay. Okay. That's a deep thought, but I, I agree with you, I think. So we'll get, we'll just keep going. Yeah. So we're in Julie's bedroom, I think. Um, she's putting on her Westworld cosplay I mentioned before, <laughs> my favorite piece of hers. <laughs> anyway, we're in Julie's room, and um, I, don't, I don't remember what they said because the music is playing, and it's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. And that's the one positive thing I'll say about this film. At least... The soundtrack is uh, minus the Josie Cotton songs. She's the singer on the stage at the end of the movie. God, I thought she was annoying. I'm sorry, I thought she was annoying as hell. But for the most part, the soundtrack was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I mean, it was it was pretty good. There's some bitchin' tunes like the psychedelic yeah. furs. The, yeah, love totally my ride and stuff. Yeah, tubular men at work. Yeah. Uh, but I gotta be honest, when that shit was playing in the background, I wasn't watching the movie anymore. 
So sorry. <laughs> but anyway, next, next, this is important. Next, we meet Julie's parents, best characters in the movie. I agree. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was convinced yes. right from the first moment that I saw them that they were pot dealers. Okay, her dad looks like a mix of Tom Hardy. You know, from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and stuff, with a mustache and uh, Nick Cage in Deadfall. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's got he's got this yellow tight fitting T-shirt on with the name of his health store on it. Um, he also tells Julie's friend while he's licking his lips, "Damn, if I were twenty years younger." Stacy, if I were twenty years <laughs> younger, honey. <laughs> and then and then the lady, yeah. So Steve, the lady playing her mom thinks she's in an SNL sketch. Is that what you right. were thinking? So it's not that I think I, I she looks identical, mm -hmm. and I, I I noticed a little bit in the beginning, but I definitely picked it up later on in the movie. But okay. she looks like Kate McKinnon from SNL, just just one hundred percent. I mean, she yeah. she is, especially the way she holds herself, the way she acts. Yes, just yes. same awkward, twerchy kind of. Yes, it, it yeah. But it, it was but funny, it, but it seemed like it didn't fit in the movie the same. Time. Right. Yeah, it seemed very out of so, place. Well, they, they their role in the movie, they were able to be different than anybody else because they're the only real parents that you meet. That's true. But at the same time, yeah. they're, they go out of their way to show you that they're ex-hippies or swingers, they're closet potheads, and, and maybe even Satan worshipers. <laughs> I swear yeah. to you. Um, it's like these characters were ripped out of Napoleon Dynamite or something. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He could be a, uh, you know, he kind of reminds me of Uncle Rico for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her stepmom, her stepmom looks like the same age as Julie, right? Which is a problem, don't you think? I, a lot of the parents, I can't tell that they're that. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I did not believe at the beginning of the movie until somebody actively mentioned that they were in high school. Right. I would not assume that any of them were in high school <laughs> because there was no obvious differential between the parents and the, and the, and the children. Yeah. Um, and none of them, none of them even looked like they were under the age of mid-20s. I agree. And the haircuts didn't help. Exactly. And, and, and definitely Julie with her looking like she's mid-40s. Yeah. So now we're at the bitchin' party. Uh, it's party. also known as white people swaying to tubular beats. And Julie talks to Brad, I think. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. But but there's sushi. There's sushi. Have you tried sushi yet? Yeah. Did, did so, you notice the peanut butter sushi? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly yes. certain they were legitimately putting yes. peanut butter in seaweed wrap. I was going to mention that. Yeah, this is after uh, Tommy is talking to Julie, bad news, and, and she's like, yeah, Tommy, we're done. And he's like, yeah, uh oh, whatever, you still want me. And then he starts to drink, get drunk. Um, Tommy, a.k.a. Brett Kavanaugh, right? <laughs> nice. I mean, the timing's about right. Nice. About, about. But yeah, we then it cuts to the kitchen, and they're prepping sushi, and the dad's eating it with a big... Big bowl of peanut butter. He's using right. like soy sauce. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's mixing it up and then he's putting it down in there. It's ridiculous. And added it to the plate. <laughs> yeah, it's just. But then. Apparently, uh, apparently we we miss something because apparently that used to be a delicacy that we 
Yeah. Don't know about. Yeah, must have been. <laughs> let's let's start that back up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was a hit. It was a hit in the valley, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't understand. You're not a valley girl. Yeah, you're not. No, no, and a lot of things didn't make it out of the valley, apparently. <laughs> so I was just talking about this valley girl's dad, but her mom, it's actually her stepmom, I firmly believe is the only actress in the movie who is portraying a somewhat accurate representation of her actual age. Right. Lee Purcell. Lee Purcell. Purcell. And it seems like she's done a few, she's had a few other minor roles in some fairly major films. (laughs) She should have been. If they filmed that movie... You know, in the 80s, if they had done that, she would have been perfect. But I just thought that she was the most attractive female in this movie, which uh, it's funny when you think about what happens later on. And also because the fact that she's the married stepmom who wants to bang one of her daughter's friends. Her daughter's boyfriend. Her daughter's boyfriend specifically, yeah. 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 But then her daughter uses the word bitchin' in front of her. And, and her husband, which I find really strange and eyebrow-raising, like maybe she, maybe this valley girl has a legitimate psychological problem. He's just like really bitching, you'll see. I just <laughs> thought it was strange. So Tommy happens to find Chucky from Rugrats upstairs by the bathroom. Um, Steve, she's dressed like she's cosplaying Asuka from Evangelion. If you remember, she's got this tight red jumpsuit on. So yeah. anyway, uh, basically we get another um, "it's okay, you can sexually assault me" scene. Why not? This is what boys do. You just you just have to get used to it. It's fine. And then comes the cage, and he comes in with his annoying friend in, in uh, red suspenders, dressed like Steve from 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a fan of his outfit choice. In that. I, I yeah. thought at that point he was he was really he had the right thing going. Right, the black and red. Yeah, it was and, good. And uh, Fred, his buddy, has dyed red hair and, he, and a scarf, and he's wearing all these necklaces. And to, in, in perfect circuit, 2004 Reese. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah, when you... Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Kevin. But when, when you look at them and you compare them to all the other bros and their polos, you know these guys are the outsiders. You know, That's right. They're not from around here in the valley where we dress like white people from the previous three or four decades. And I guess everybody on the outside, they dress like circus carnies. That's right. And Nick's haircut, his haircut, it's just, it's just utter genius. I would expect <laughs> nothing less from him in his first film. <laughs> I was a little disappointed, because after seeing what? the cover, I thought he was going to be a little bit more extravagant. Yeah. And yeah. then I realized that he just looked like he was like, well, guys, I don't want you to mess with my hair up too much. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe. I want to make sure that it looks like a bird. <laughs> I got a bird on my chest. I need to have a bird on my head, too. You know, I, I wonder when, when hair dyeing really started like that. Like, Right. I mean, you, saw, you only saw it on him and the other guy yeah, true. that he was with that whole movie. But... You know, that was early 80s. You know, you never really saw it in the 70s. I just wonder when that started. I'm... That's a good question. And, and apparently that was trashy to a valley girl. I don't yes. know. They didn't have any of that. They, they were all like uh, probably 40-year-old women look like at that time. <laughs> That's a good point. 
I don't yeah. know. It's interesting because I was a bit surprised by it too when I saw it, and it was interesting to see how how uh, the reaction was to that style. So uh, then we get to see uh, Chucky's nipples. Uh, That's right. That's uncomfortable, right. <laughs> uncomfortable, almost sex stuff, which is really great to sit yeah. through. Then Randy meets Julie, and uh, Randy Cage just—he just looks so bored. This whole movie, he just looks bored, really. <laughs> the whole time, every every moment. But then that uh, the one girl's stepmom, who was in the kitchen with the sushi, uh, she's hitting on Skip, her right. boyfriend. Yeah. So that's happening, and then bad news, Tommy finally confronts Randy, and you know what's going down here, right? Right? It's like, yeah, why don't you get out of here? Make me get out of here. Then Nick just gets blasted right in the face. <laughs> and then he knocks Tommy down, and then what does Randy yell? Do you remember? I know Fuck you remember. You. Nope. No. You got nothing. <laughs> That's right. Which, which again, it's like, can this movie be any more dated in camp? Oh, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, this line was meant for Nick. Am That's I right? True. I mean, maybe he even ad-libbed it, but. So then we, we, after that, we get a really quality cage. Fuck you! Inside the house. Yeah. And then a slightly more extended, but equally entertaining. Fuck you! From outside. So right. the inner cage is already coming out on the screen, like 20, oh, yeah. 20 minutes into this movie. Yeah. So it's really eye-opening to see that happening here, knowing what we do about Nick Cage today. But yeah, Randy's got the hots for Julie. She's totally dazzling. He's truly dazzling. But Fred the Clown says, yeah, bro, but she's not one of ours, you know, some Romeo and Juliet stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, please, just kill me. What's that story, bro? So they drive away. They drive away. We return to the party for like two seconds. You know, the music gets loud. We're with Julie. And we think that Randy and Fred are gone for a while. Like at least till the next day or whatever. It's the way that the movie makes it feel like. Mm -hmm. But no, instead we get Nick Cage's first extended cage out. It's in the night view. No one tells me. No one tells me who I can fuck. Nobody is going to tell me who I can score with. <laughs> it's the... But it's that night shot looking down into the valley that they that they show over and over yeah. again. The wide shot of the valley. Which, mind you, I'm pretty sure that it's actually the same valley shot. I'm yes. pretty sure it's the exact same row that La La Land was on. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> so, <laughs> congratulations, La La Land. You stole yes. all those Oscars from Nick Cage. You did. You should be ashamed. <laughs> so, yeah, he gets out of the car. He kicks the car. He's yelling. It's classic Cage. So anyway, Randy wants to go back to the party. So now we're back at the party. Julie's getting crunk. Randy parks the car like an asshole. And then he crawls through a window into this impossibly large bathroom so he can hide in a shower in order to watch one of the valley girls get her breasts fondled. And then, <laughs> fortunately, we get to see some of the greatest facial expressions I've seen in any movie ever. It's just gold. He should have won an Oscar just for that. And uh, so, and then after, I, I assume listening to some girls take a shit. I don't know. He's he's in there for a long time. Stop. <laughs> and then it just cuts 
to a bunch of people in there smoking pot. Is he in there for like six hours? Uh, He clearly had to have been in there for a while. There were at least seven different people that came through the bathroom. Yeah, I know. And then suddenly everyone's gone. And he was definitely getting bored. But then everyone's gone but Julie. She's miraculously shown up. And Randy's watching her primp in the mirror before sneaking up behind her like a serial killer (laughs) and saying, and saying, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. (laughs) <laughs> but, but, but uh, Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs I love that song That's playing so she doesn't care And I don't either It's fine <laughs> She's just like Hey what are you doing here? Are you doing back here? He's like I forgot, I forgot my, comb. my comb He tells Julie She wants her to leave with him And she's like I don't think so Then he just ninja kisses her Right on the mouth you remember this? <laughs> yeah. Julie never looks comfortable, even though apparently she is because she's a valley girl, and valley girls are always DTF. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, of course, Julie agrees to go with him. I mean, he's totally bitching. But uh, she chooses to bring her friend to offer as a sexual sacrifice to Fred, <laughs> the suspenders clown. <laughs> and of course, of course, her friend doesn't want to go. I mean, would right. you? Would you want to go with this guy? But I the- mean, I would. I would. He's, he's kind of a hero among heroes. <laughs> but, then, but then they force her friend into the car. Toledo, Ohio. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. They're like, get your bitch ass in the car. <laughs> Toledo, Ohio, human trafficking style. And Fred. I'm sorry, Toledo. And Fred is like. As as Drew used to tell us, if your child goes missing in Toledo, they're probably (laughs) sucking dick in the Philippines. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) They drive away away from the valley and Nick Cage turns on his jam man I love this song and then well, we mind get... you I remember, remember they, they were talking before they left you know he's like I'm gonna show you a good time out there she's like where are we gonna go he goes anywhere yeah. what are we gonna do <laughs> whatever you want baby whatever yeah whatever whatever man I've never been outside the valley I... <laughs> well, <I> t- remember... <laughs> my, my parents are very very open people but yeah. I just never go more than three blocks down the road. Right. right. He's like, let me, I'll show you where all the black people I'm, live in the yeah, projects. I'm going to show you a good night. And you know what a good night is? Apparently screaming racial slurs from the car. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? So <laughs> fuck he, you, John. So he turns this song on, and apparently this was a big song at the time. And he's like, I love this song. And then we get a montage of Nick laughing at himself. <laughs> Yelling at dudes, getting arrested, because he's cool. He knows these cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shots of the city that look like uh, your dad's shaky vacation videos, like I mentioned before. All the neon glitz and glam. Bars, restaurants, strip clubs. Wow. Uh, But the funny thing is, they've driven for what seems miles and miles. But that same song is still playing, right? And Randy still says, 
I like this song. I like this song. So you can assume he's been playing this same damn song <laughs> over like, and like over. Junigatsu. Like a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Junigatsuna love song, which we'll have to get into that sometime. It, it'll, it'll come, because I'm it'll sure you'll up. hear it next month. When December comes, there's this Japanese song Steve puts on repeat, and he, he plays it all month long in his house, in his car. He'll send it to me in voicemails. It haunts my dreams. When he even says it, I get a chill that runs down the back of my spine. My favorite was the year we lived together because I would play it for him at all areas of the house. I think he couldn't even take a shower without enjoying it. Yeah, that was the year I got PTSD. From that, so. <laughs> okay, so they're driving and, and then they're in the hood, right? And we see all these threatening looking black people come out and they're posturing like, like they're gonna do something scary. But then they just dance because, hey, it's Randy. Oh, hell yeah, man. How you been, brother? Yeah. And uh, Julie's like, oh, Randy, I've never seen a real black person before. Attack the car and save the radio. Just, just, just the writing. No, just... there, yeah, there was the one black girl in the party. Yeah. She, right. she was still allowed at a white kid party even in the 80s. Right, right. right. Still, it's the valley. I'm just, I'm just trying to express that this movie is just a little, little bit racist. No, it wasn't. All right. Well, for now, and, well, if we if we have to judge it by today's standards, it's just a little bit. Mind you, I, I want to make I want to make one point as all of this is going on, mm-hmm. and 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 it, there's the flashback scene to her parents sitting at home, worried. Yes. Worried about them, <laughs> about them being up <laughs> and out and partying all night. Yeah. To which, to which the wife says, Don't worry, honey, do you remember our night in the cemetery? I, I was going to get to that. Yes. And you're just like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, how about this? I like this part with, where Nick is driving by this dude who's dressed like the band The Cure. He's like playing with himself. And Nick goes, sick. Sick. Yeah. I mean, it was really just a montage of, of Nick talking about how freaking cool he was. Right. 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 Which I would pay for at any time. That's a good night. Yelling at people from the car. Yeah. So they get to That's- the bar. Nick knows everyone, of course. And immediately yep. the guys at the bar are way too handsy with the girls. Hey, can I touch that? How about here? Yeah. Can let me, I touch let me pat you down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not in the valley anymore. This is what guys do. Yeah, we're punks. Just get used to it. And there's a band playing, whatever. I'm not going to talk about the band. And then there's this shot from... Nick's perspective of them walking through the bar crowd. I don't know if you guys caught this, but on the left, there's this guy talking to a girl. They're sitting at a table, pretty close to the camera, and the guy, for no reason at all, picks up his drink and pours it on his head. Yes. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that? What is yeah. this? It made no sense. <laughs> but nothing in this movie or my life does, so whatever. I- at that point, I'd started giving up on the random bullshit. I think that guy did, too. It might have been the last. He probably watched <laughs> he just, the whole he movie. He attention. He just watched the whole movie get filmed, and that was the last scene. And he's like, this is a fucking disaster. So he's like, I'm just going to pour this on my Well, head. they probably couldn't get that guy to do anything normal for that scene. And, and he knew that they weren't going to fire him. So yeah, it's like, he just, it's the last he's day. just like, that, that was the most acceptable thing he did. <laughs> I really want to see the outtakes. It's 
like, oh, he dumped that on his head. Well, that's not that bad. Let's let yeah, that yeah, one go. Yeah. Or we're going to be here all day. Really we should have we bought the special edition Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you a little bit more about that because it, it came out last month. Did you know that? Oh, did it? it did I it really? swear. I just read it. But I'll, I'll tell you about it a little bit later because it has a couple features that I want to talk to you guys about. So anyway, okay. let, let's get through this here. So Julie is talking to Randy, and she's like, um, no, Randy tells Julie that she's fucking programmed like all the Valley girls. And she says, but Randy, how can I be free like you? Randy then comes on to her hard. All over her. miserable to watch. <laughs> it's awkward and cringy. And uh, Randy is basically all... Uh, you're hot, and I want to have sex. And Julie <laughs> then suggests that they're destined lovers or something. And then I'm just wondering which of these characters is dumber. <laughs> I mean, think of someone in high school that you didn't like who ended up dating yeah. somebody else you didn't like. Right. right. You didn't give a shit. Thinking about it now creeps you out, and that's how I remember this movie. Right. So, <laughs> so they're making out. Then, thank God, we cut back to her dad, Steve, freaking yeah. out. His name's Steve. Yeah. Yeah. He's freaking out about Julie being late. We, we, we mentioned that already. But it's, yeah. it's funny because he's looking out the window, smoking a cigarette, and then his wife comes up to him and is like, she's going to be all right. Remember our night at the cemetery? <laughs> That's they, it. Are they Satan worshipers? Flashback. Is that supposed Flashback to be? No, 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 no. There's no conversation. Right. We just flip right back over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. It's just, it's just you're supposed to think about that as someone watching yeah. this and try to imagine. Yeah. Okay, so they're hippies. They probably did drugs. They they went they went to Woodstock, um, but then they did something in a cemetery. So, where does that fall in with the rest of Mount them? Cemetery up, <laughs> up top? They right. were on some really good shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we cut to Randy's car overlooking the valley again. That same trusty shot. Now they're getting freaky in the back seat while Fred chases Julie's friend around the car and Ninja kisses her. <laughs> it's just wrong. And then just keeps chasing her around yeah. the car and repetitively. Then, and she's like, I don't like this. And he's like, yeah. I like you. Julie tells Randy <laughs> that her parents own a store. And Randy says, yeah, a store. Yeah, a store. What kind of store? She says, a health food store. He says, cool. She says, it's not cool because it could have been a pizza hut. It's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> This this movie should have been called Mid Ohio Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, I knew you guys would like that. <laughs> so then her friend is finally all like, Julie, I really need to go. Fred is still trying to rape me. <laughs> um, it's so bad. It's so bad. So anyway, yeah. let's get. We'll get back to Julie. She walks into her house and. Uh, <laughs> What's the? There's mom's spread eagle on the floor. Yes. Do you remember that, Kevin? They. She walks in. Oh house yeah, yeah, and her yeah, mom yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her mom is doing yeah. yoga or something, but her vajayjay is aimed right at the camera. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like purposeful panty shot. Yeah, but you see that just goes back to my original theory where I said. Dads, see through pants. The, too. Yeah. the dads, yeah. the dads got to watch this movie too. Yeah. Not just for the teens. We ought to have something to jerk it to in the back of the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, why don't you go ahead and sit up at the front? Daddy's going to stay in the back. Is that, you know, <laughs> just in case I fall asleep. Yeah, and her mom's like, where have you been all night? Or maybe it was her dad. I don't know. 
But they have they have like the birds and the bees talk, and uh, whatever. Then we cut to the driver's test. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Yeah. She's a teen, right? Girls got to learn how to drive. But she apparently, for no reason, she takes the exam with all her friends in the car. Oh no! There was a there was a thing. That's what they did. They did the circle, and then they played like. Chinese fire drill and switch drivers to like the oh, next person. Oh, I, I was so confused. I just all yeah. I saw they were in the car. She's driving the car like it's like it's Tokyo fucking drift. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well yeah, you listen. So I'm I was confused the whole time. I'm listening to it. and It's just like every time she's in the car, it's just constant tire screeching everywhere. Yeah. But then I'm watching the background around the car. And it's right. clear that the car's not actually going anywhere. They're just moving the background around in <laughs> yeah. just constant circles yeah. because yeah. it doesn't match anything. Right, right. And the driving instructor is like, cut that out, pay attention. And then yeah. Julie Julie uses this word that I've never heard before in in any context. She says, tripendicular. Man, he's just like tripendicular. Which I thought would be super creative if she had been written uh, tripping on acid or something, but yeah. <laughs> or if she yeah. was just... A- a human character. Right. Right, and not a cyborg out of Westworld. So well, that she... word stayed in the valley, too, and I vote that we keep that one going because we've already got to eat peanut butter sushi. Yeah. You're not going as far from all the sushi, though. Which is totally trippendicular. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she fails her driver's test, by the way. Well, yeah, because he bailed out. I, yeah. I don't know who's the worst driver, her or... I mean, she didn't wreck or anything, and he just jumped out of the car. I, I know. No she parks it just reason. fine. She parks it just fine, right? Yeah, and then he just jumps out. He jumps out, and he's like, fail. I'm like, did you just see how she parked? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're all getting out of the car like, yeah, what it was is just... wrong with you? So another theory <laughs> I have about this movie is I believe there were a lot of scenes that were cut that were yeah. shot a different way, were probably a lot longer, and for whatever reason, the shots they had didn't didn't make the cut, the audio Nick didn't work. Him. Nick wasn't in them, that was probably <laughs> it. They're like, we need Nick more in this movie, so let's just cut more scenes where he's not in it. That, that's probably true. Yeah. So then we cut back to the, the hot sushi stepmom, and she's, mm-hmm. she, this, this scene. Oh my God. I got your groceries. She's on the phone. Out back next to her pool. Yeah. She's talking about stocks or finances or something important that adults have to deal with. And and then who shows up? Skip. Skip. Oh, yeah. The valley boy from the party. Her her, uh, stepdaughter's boyfriend is what you're saying, Steve. Yeah. And then... I I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, uh, at least later is definitely... It was never, like, clearly established. So, but what follows... I think they were at least... They were at least talking you yeah, know she, yeah she was interested in him or something yeah yeah so what we get yeah. what we get is pretty much the beginning of every porn movie ever just in reverse <laughs> the older woman is coming on hard to the younger man and yeah i, I mean hard the groceries over there as in i was a hundred percent sure that we were going to get a full-on sex scene from this i i thought so i really thought so but it's messed up she comes on to him and he's nervous in fact, in fact mind you as that scene started, the note yeah. that I took was, what the fuck, fucking the mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was the note yeah. that I took yeah. going into that scene. But he's nervous, and then she says, she's like, just tell me exactly what you're thinking. He's like, well, it's no accident I'm delivering your groceries. That's a start. 
Then he's like, um, but I have to make some more deliveries. And then she very clearly implies that this might be his last chance to sleep with his friend's hot stepmom. But then it's like she changes her mind. So Skip then leaves with this look on his face like, oh, God, what did you just do, man? Oh, it is so frustrating to watch this scene. Yeah. And it never resolves. This setup right. never resolves. So I don't even know what to say about it other than it pissed me off. Kind of resolves. Well, there's it, a, it, it, there was no point for any of this side story. There was no purpose in a lot of this movie. No. Yeah. So then we're at the restaurant, Foods for Health, and it just it looked like it was filmed in somebody's living room that they just took all the furniture out and, you know, Maybe yeah. that's the point. That's probably the point. But yeah. the, the point of the scene is to show in the, in the cheesiest way possible that Julie's parents are new age, vegan, hipster liberals. Yeah. And uh, when Julie complains about the grass food she's about to serve, her dad says the best line in the film. The best line comes from him. He says, just because it's greasy doesn't mean it's bad for you, you dodo. It isn't greasy doesn't mean it's bad for you, dodo. Yeah. I thought that was... That was an homage. That was a nod to the Greasy Strangler. What did you think, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with the little grease? Yeah. You dodo. You probably think I'm the Greasy Strangler. But then, without fail, Randy Cage shows up looking like like a total douchey douche. And I think... You're it, a little less douchey here. Well, no. No, because she's meeting Julie's dad for the first time, and the first thing he That's says... Fair. The first thing he says is bitching about the store. <laughs> But he's a total badass, and he's got his flannel shirt unbuttoned, perfectly framing his heartburn chest hair. It's beautiful. We get <laughs> we get another agonizing montage music video with uh, shots from. No, but so my favorite part of that scene okay, too is, is after is after they leave together, and they and the parents get together. Should I say something to her? I don't know, man. And the guy sitting there at the restaurant's like, I'll say something to her. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's supposed to be. It's just another example of, I swear. So there were two writers in this movie. Yeah. I feel like one guy just wrote these scenes. These <laughs> scenes with, with Julie's parents. So we get another montage music video. We get to see more Romeo and Juliet. They go, they go to see Romeo and Juliet at the theater. Ow. It's, it's just an endless montage of them making out yes. in, in all sorts of different places in the city. Yeah, right. And, and this, is where, this is where my point was from earlier. Okay. That I'm fairly certain that this movie okay. is 100% because Nick had never kissed a girl prior to this movie. <laughs> and it was just an entire movie for him to hook up with a chick. You might be right because he does yeah. kind of have this this uh, I don't know how to explain it like this virgin air about him. Yeah, I think I think it's I think I think Uncle Francis is like, all right, we're gonna get you laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but Tommy, bad news catches on, and her friends are jealous. Right. Which I want to make a note too. Okay. Tommy, the actor that plays yes. Tommy. Yeah. You do know that is that is Buck from Kill Bill. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, Steve, because I just learned yesterday that apparently Quentin Tarantino loved Valley Girl when it came out. <laughs> this is no joke. This is no joke. Wow. 
<laughs> he loved this movie so much that he he hired that dude to be in his movies. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a huge fan of this movie. But yeah, we get a lot more dancing and... Oh, the lip syncing and the panties. The girls are all in their underwear in the room. Oh, yeah. Just terrible. Do girls really do that? Do Okay, do girls... Do teenage girls go through their friend's mom's dresser and try her clothes on? It's messed up. It's... It... So the lip syncing and everything, that's, uh, it's, you're right. It's like Grease. It's like, yes. it's like, uh, it's Nick Cage's version of Grease and yeah, trying to show up John Travolta. Right, right, right. And then, uh, the one chick who talks to Skip and tells him her mom has the hots for him, even though she looks a few years older than her own mother. <laughs> she tells him that her mom's out on a date probably with another high school boy <laughs> and uh and she invites him over because again valley girls are dtf am i right that's right so she invites him over and he says oh i'm, I'm too busy i'm just too busy lisa you know like he's mark from the room <laughs> why so film <laughs> I'm, I'm just too busy lisa i don't know i'm sorry i'm just too busy which i really expected to flash out of a scene from I, I expected to leave that scene to yeah. him hanging up the phone and then fucking her mom. Yes, but I thought he was gay. I really did. I thought we're going to find out that he's gay and it's supposed to be all progressive and shocking in 1983. Yeah, yeah I, I thought when this... So I thought that maybe he's checking on uh, this girl that to see if, you know... Maybe maybe that's his job to see if she's going to be interrupting or whatever. And and then uh, the mom being out on a date was actually like he knew about that. That was yes. for him. So yeah, that, it doesn't turn out to be that way at uh, all. <laughs> that's actually creative. That actually takes some thought. So that's that's why it's not in this movie, you know. So yeah, that was too much for the movie. And then they then they start talking about penises. Yeah. And it's just really immature and infantile but there's this shot of julie reacting to the conversation which i well, that's I, how that's how women always do that that's that's you didn't no. know that girls no, no, always no. get to talk get together and talk about penises yeah right yeah. i mean you know i'm sure it comes up but just the way they talk about it is, is just very cringy but the way julie reacts to it i thought was a great moment because you can see in her face there's this embarrassment um of them talking about these sexual experiences but she's embarrassed because she's never had one yeah and it's just a, it's a real quick shot but i thought that that was actually one tiny nugget of thoughtful acting in this movie skip comes over anyway to the valley girl's house on his bike he, he can't seem to make up his mind though right i i he's conflicted i'm assuming he's conflict he's conflicted about his sexuality but no he walks into the house heads upstairs and he finds his valley girl in the shower and he just this is this is the next day though is it i yeah yeah this is the next day yeah so, yeah yeah nobody yeah. else is there this it's like the morning the yeah. morning after yeah oh, okay so all right thank you for that yeah but it's still strange that he just stands there and watches her shower yeah <laughs> yeah so, well it fits with the movie it fits with the movie he stands True. there and stares i mean aren't they all used to that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and then he gives you this this uh, this smile, 
That's about the hottest thing a, a guy can do. If you just yeah. if you just stand in a corner somewhere and right. stare at a girl, yeah. she yeah. will get so wet. It's <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, well, it's either it's either make or break. Yeah. You know. Right. Either either I, she's gonna think you're bitching or think you're a total creep. <laughs> but he's smiling, so it's all it's all fine. It's good. Yeah. If he was just standing there without <laughs> yeah. without smiling, then it's weird. But so now we get back to Julie. Now she's the conflicted one. Randy or Tommy? Do I pick Randy or Tommy? I don't know what to do. No one does. But then the shower girl is having sex with Skip. And then what happens? Guys, her her hot as hell stepmom comes back unexpectedly. Right. Mm-hmm. So what am I to assume, knowing what I know about these characters? What's probably going to happen? It's another it's it's another porn setup. It's a kinky one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. but does yeah. it happen? Does it no. happen? No. The stepmom catches the daughter and the and the hot boyfriend in bed and that's the end of the scene. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> well, and 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 the girl isn't even uh, embarrassed at all. Just like Mom Yeah. Mom Mom, you didn't <laughs> knock this time. She just yeah. kind of smiles, Mom. Oh, I told you to f- knock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just cuts like magic. We're back. We're back to Julie sitting on the couch with her dad, and he's he's knitting a sweater or something. And she asks her dad basically which guy she should sleep with. <laughs> and he's like, Well, <laughs> what do you want? And then he so said, I, I I do have to admit this this scene I think is very progressive and very I I liked a lot of his what he said okay in the terms of being 1983. Well, there's some uh, some of it doesn't make sense though, but the feel of it it was definitely an important scene. Yeah, it was kind of like a climactic scene, or it made you think it was because you felt yeah. like her dad was really going to influence her decision. But let me know yeah. what you do decide. But what we get is he pulls out this photo of himself dressed like an Indian brave at Woodstock or Ozfest or some satanic ritual at the cemetery, you know. And he's like, people looked and dressed like this back then. Can you believe it? And his main point is you can't judge someone for how they look, even if, right. they, even if they dress like uh, carnies or furries or consistently right. harass you sexually. <laughs> yeah. But then he says this conspiracy theory thing. He says... Like, everywhere you go, someone will want you to behave a certain way or kill you? Like, he, he does this motion where he slits his throat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? But I, I, I think it was, like, maybe not necessarily... I don't know. I, I, I saw it a little bit differently where it was, it was a very, like, it was a very real kind of statement of, like, you have to believe in what you believe and not care about what everyone else tells you. Right. And... Everyone's always going to try to control you. Everyone's always going to try to cut you off and, and yeah. to kill who you are as an individual. Yes. I, I mean, I saw this. And, it, and it's difficult to, to really comprehend in the terms of this entire movie because that's the first time that they've used any sort of, you know, <laughs> abstract or mm-hmm. interesting notion to talk about psychology. And every other point has just been, yeah. Well, it seemed like he was trying to communicate something rather deep. Yeah. But like you said, I, I think that the parents are written entirely different than everything else yeah. in this movie. Uh, in the next scene at the restaurant, it seems like Julie's made up her mind and her friends have won out because she's getting back with bad news, Tommy. Yeah. 
So when Randy shows up that night to lock lips for a couple hours, she goes in for the breakup. You can't fix me anymore. And Randy is all like, look, I love you. It's all I wanted to say. And then the music gets really ominous for a second. Like it could have easily gone the slasher movie route. Like he would have just walked in and just, you're going to love me or you're going to die. And, and then he says, he says, is it your father, your father or your, your mother? mother? Just let me I can really, I can fix, really fix things. No, there's nothing. What's he going to do to the father or mother? That's creepy. <laughs> I, I don't know how oh. I'd react to that. It's your dad, isn't it? Yeah, he, he has the haunts for me, doesn't he? <laughs> nope. And she's like, nope. I can't see you anymore. And then we get a really good cage out. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Here's what I wrote oh, down. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what this is. It's, it's your, your fucking, fucking friends, friends right? right? Just fuck off. It's your friends. Well, well fuck, fuck off for sure. Like, totally. <laughs> that's, that's the end of that scene. It was great, yep. though. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. Fuck off. Fuck you. <laughs> so Randy Cage gets crunk, and he wobbles back to the grungy bar with that band, the Plimsolls, playing. Yeah, the Plimsolls. They were something back then. He runs into an old squeeze of his, and then we get which I, I this this person comes out of nowhere. Yes, just out of nowhere. Yeah, they, All of they sudden, really play he just, her up. He too. just walks up. You see this girl, kind of like you know, off in the distance. And you're like, okay, he's gonna go hit up this girl to be like, you know, just try to get a mind off of things. Yeah. No, he just goes and sits over by himself. She just walks over, right, and grabs him. She's like, you feel really good. Can I tell you how good you feel. Yeah, hey, Samantha. So, yeah, they know each other. <laughs> And then they, well, of course he knows everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course he knows the biggest slut at the bar. They go into the bathroom to do the dirty, and the bathroom looks like it's just covered in AIDS. <laughs> it's like the last place on earth you want to even touch something. Yeah. Um, but we get some really exceptional acting here and some ranting, and when he storms out of the bar and then runs into his old friend, Fred Bailey the Clown, and... Uh, Randy asks him to euthanize him. You know, just kill me. And then Randy... Mind you, after he tries to get in a fight with, what, like, <laughs> a crippled Mexican crack lord? <laughs> when he gets out of the car, he's, he hits his own car with his cane. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Was that, like, the earlier version of, like, the guy from the Adam Sandler movies or something? You can't do it! I don't know, but I just I thought it was funny. This guy would have killed you. Like, seriously? Nick's, Looks like the only thing he was yeah. going to kill was a bag of Doritos. But yeah, then he runs into Fred. Fred Bailey. It's me. I didn't I didn't quite know at first if that was him because he used his last name. Did he use his last name earlier in the movie? I I, I don't He's like, remember. "Hey, it's me, Bailey." And I and I didn't I was looking for that red in his hair. I wasn't sure at first, but yeah, it was him. It was Fred. And and Randy tells him that He's uh, he dies here three different times in this movie. Okay. <laughs> well, Randy says he's having girl trouble, basically, and then Fred says, "Well, if you love her, you got to do something about it." Girls gotta be crazy. Girls go for the let your inner cage out. Girls go for the crazy stuff, and then <laughs> he, he grabs his cheeks. It's like he's ripping his mouth open, and he goes, "Wow!" <laughs> Just do a little bit of this. Dude, girls, Valley girls love it when you do that. Uh, by this point, guys, I'm just, I'm begging for this movie to be over. <laughs> I swear so, to God. Yeah, I mean, why why would just, Nick Cage, uh, Randy, um, take any advice from, 
from his friend. I mean, his friend is an obvious like it, it, rapist. Because, <laughs> yeah, because they're friends, Kevin. Because they're friends. Okay. What are the only outside? Doesn't outsiders? matter if he's raped somebody. He, 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 he definitely doesn't know what the fuck he's doing with girls. I mean, running around a fucking car. How old is he? I mean, are they? Is, is he playing tag? What? What the fuck? I mean, Nick is Randy's listening to him mm-hmm. for advice, but I guess he's the only one he had there. I guess at that point, but right. whatever, whatever, because yeah, it worked. Well, I guess just roll with it. <laughs> it's obvious that Julie doesn't want Randy back. Instead of some good stuff, we get more angsty, brooding, stupid stuff. And there's another shot of the valley, another one yes, from the yes. mountaintop. The valley shot, yeah. yeah. With Randy and Fred, but Fred has a plan. And Cage has an orange whistle that he can't get to work. <laughs> Do you remember that? What the fuck was what that whistle? That? Oh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 was, it, it, it wasn't a, even a whistle. No, it, they had this conversation. And he pulls out like been... a Cracker Jack box whistle. <laughs> and he's like... Yeah. <laughs> was, was, <laughs> did that appear? <laughs> Somewhere else in the movie? No, I've never seen it before that. I've never know. seen that. That's Maybe what I'm saying. I wanted it to. He pulls it out of his pocket. He's like, oh my goodness. Then it, it doesn't even make a whistle sound. Oh yeah, you giving it that low sound gave it way too much credit. Yeah. It, uh, I wanted it to come out again because it was so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What was that plastic piece of shit? Like, from... Fisher Price or something. I don't. It was like a dog whistle. You can't hear it. Like I don't understand. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I swear to you, Nick Cage just grabs whatever he can find on his. He's like, oh, I'm filming a movie today. I'm just. Uh, I'll just. I'll just take this. He just put stuff just in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably his lucky crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and on set, he's like, oh, Martha. That's the director. Uh, Martha, I can. I can do whatever I want, right? Yeah, we talked about this, uh, Nick. Just just do your your best, James Dean. Yeah, yeah, I will. But I can do whatever I want, right? Yes, Nick, just do it. Okay, cuz I brought I brought my whistle. Uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> just just do it. Yeah, you're going to love this. Yeah. You're going to love this. <laughs> so next is the lead up to the prom, our main event. Right. The just the just yeah, I the I swear up. to god it felt like 10 or 15 minutes of just straight stalking. Right, but we get our last scene with Julie's parents, and yeah. at least at least we go out with a bang with that, because we get to see Steve, <laughs> the dad, smoking a joint in the bathroom while he's looking for his camera. <laughs> I'll be out in a minute. You know, but he's smoking a joint because he's, he's yeah. a stoner. That was what I called it. Yeah. Yep. And then Bot dealer. Based on their based on their conversation, her parents, uh, we know that they're definitely banging while Julie's out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Banging and smoking both. She's mm-hmm. like, you got any green left for me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's too bad Randy didn't want to stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment, too. That was the moment. Seeing her in that scene, that's when I thought she looked like the the, the SNL girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she did, definitely. Yeah. All right, so now we're at the prom. More white people dancing. Which, was it really the style in the early 80s for every prom dress to look like a wedding dress? I don't know. I mean, I think of movies like uh, Carrie. Was Carrie? Carrie was 70s, I think. But I just think of I don't Carrie. know. I would think, I would think maybe, 
around not too far from that time because i saw julie walk out at first wearing like the white dress and i was like really yeah. like is she going to a wedding is she she they married or are they going to prom no and then it's, it's i noticed a, that everybody else at prom is all wearing like very white frilly kind of dresses and i'm like this seems different no it was a, it's a seance they were just trying to resurrect beetlejuice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Steve. I don't know. I just it it just seemed lame, and really yeah. not all that '80s to me. But maybe the '80s that that I think of is the later '80s. I mean, that's when I was born. So yeah. So Nick Cage shows up with his best pal, and he's like, you know, he's basically gonna rush this bro, and he's gonna ask him if he lifts, and then he's gonna get lit on his bitchin' ass, <laughs> you know, while everybody, mind you, is singing and dancing to Josie Cotton's. Johnny, Johnny, are you a queer boy? Johnny, are you queer? <laughs> now, I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk about this song. Johnny, are you queer? This is the last song in the movie, right? It's the second song on the soundtrack. <laughs> I, I, I didn't recognize it quite at first, and then eventually I just realized it was just, it was just on repeat, like. Johnny, are you queer? Johnny, are you queer? Yeah. Are Johnny, you queer, are you queer? Boy? I was like, apparently we're really trying to get off a message that we don't like faggots. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a homophobic movie, too. Oh, God, yeah. And I, Which, sure... again, is right on par for, for, for old boy. I just wonder, what if your name was Johnny back then? You probably got this all the time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. What if your name was Johnny and you were gay, for real? It's like a living hell. <laughs> They were probably just like, I, I have got to get out of the valley. I have got to go find Randy. Go to my punk bar. Randy! Oh, but he's homophobic too. What am I thinking? You're on fire! Randy, you're on fire! Uh, so then uh, they announced the king and queen of Valley High. That's a great part. Jeez. Well, they're in the midst of announcing the... In the middle, yeah. And then... Well, I take you back to that soundtrack. So they used that song for... Uh... The second, so, the second song on there. What was the first song? Do you remember? The first song is A Million Miles Away by the Plimsolls. Like, because that's why I was saying they were a big thing back then, and that was the band playing in the bar. But I don't even want oh, to talk okay. about them because I just was not into it at all. Which is sad to say because there are, there's a lot of music in this movie I like, but you could tell they were really playing up the band. And I hate when they focus on a band and I'm just not into it, and I just wasn't. And it's the same with Josie Cotton. I couldn't get with her makeup and just the song about Johnny being gay. I just don't, <laughs> don't like her. I'm sorry. A lot of people, this movie has a fairly sizable cult following. And of course, a lot of people like it for the music. And I'm sure many of these people were alive at the time this movie came out. So it's a nostalgic kind of watch for them. But just for somebody from our generation going back and watching this movie that's just seems to be completely out there and left field. I just, there were a lot of turnoffs for me. And unfortunately it was a lot of the stuff that, that was popular at the time. So. so speaking of popular at the time, I was, I was reading a little bit as we were talking about this, the whistle. Okay. Tell the me whistle, about the whistle was a wowie whistle. And apparently they were novelty harmonica made from orange chewing wax. Mm. that were a popular Halloween treat during the seventies and early eighties. Oh, so it was a novelty item at the time. Yeah, but Nicolas Cage obviously couldn't figure it out. I, I or or they were just garbage in the first place. Let's just <laughs> so let's end this movie so then we can talk more about it and, and end this freaking episode one. 
Okay. They're gonna fight, right? They're gonna fight. He comes up. He comes up behind Tommy like Batman, almost. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna give you the chance you never gave me. Like he's gonna fight the Joker, <laughs> and it's on. And let me tell you, I have never seen such amazing choreography. That's what I'm saying. I, I, my note. Best ending since Karate Kid. Oh my goodness. Tommy's high kick in the air. <laughs> yeah. And he he oh howls like Bruce Lee. <laughs> but then he gets his ass handed to him by Cage. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> so bad. And Tommy then, had to really be on fucking something right oh, there because yeah. he was, yeah, he was out of fucking control. It would have made sense. Well, you saw the guy spiking the punch, right? Well, well, it seemed like he was more on more than alcohol. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Guy was going fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, but it was totally trippendicular. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cage just grabs Julie, and they leave. And then they grab a cab, and they're going to the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which is an Easter egg, because that was the basis for the Valley Girl song by Frank Zappa. Oh. So that's where it all started. It's kind of like a wink at the, yeah, Frank Zappa wrote the song, and, you know, the song became the phrase in pop culture, so they're going to Sherman Oaks Galleria. She's a valley girl. And then she takes off her bracelet and throws it out the window. The end. And I'm like, thank God this is over. <laughs> thank you. But you see, that was the setup at the beginning when she took the bracelet off and gave it back to Tommy. And it was very awkward and it was just kind of hard to see. And you're like, did that, was was that significant? Well, yeah, it was because that's well, the last. Well, it should have been. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, since I read through the synopsis of this film, you already know how I feel about it. I get the sense you guys feel pretty similarly. Um, I'm going to go ahead now and just rate this as probably, it's going to be at the bottom for sure. For no, me. I, is... I don't know because I okay. want to throw in one more thing. I, as I said, I'm reading up on some of, the, some of the items on this movie. The script was written in 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> How, wow. to, how to write a script in 10 days, Valley Girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that shows. That shows. <laughs> Although, in all, in all fairness, there are some scripts in that, all have fairness, made, that have made when good you have When you have an amazing actor such as Nicolas Cage, do you really need to write yeah, a script right. in the first place? Yeah. Just let him do it. Right. I think they learned that from this film. Or maybe his previous roles when he, you know... <laughs> Well, Fast so this is actually this is actually a comeback of sorts for him, because um, prior yeah. as Nicholas Coppola, he yeah. was a lead role in the Fast Times at, at Ridgemont High in yes. the same year, and he was fired from that position. Uh huh. That's right. Um, so this was actually kind of like his his second coming right here, and that's why I say like a hundred percent. This is Uncle Francis being like, "All right, boy." Yeah. We're going to fix this because yeah. I don't want to have to keep taking care of you. I'm sick yeah. of your shit already. Yeah. The the original title of the movie was The Second Coming of Cage. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, you have any final thoughts about this movie? What would you say about it? What would I say about it? Um, yeah, it's definitely not something I want to watch again. It's a hard Well, fuck you for sure. Like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I want my wife to watch it just because I think it's going to be like nothing she's ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, I could ever sit through it again. But, um, yeah, well, I was going to say earlier, I it started out to be uh, 
I, I thought it was going to be a lot lamer at first from mm-hmm. the beginning. I, it seemed like a lot more of a girly movie at first with the with shopping and everything, but then it turned out... And I can see where you're coming from, Reese, by thinking that it was written from a, a man's point of view just because the way that it portrays like the way women think yeah it's not really very good at all <laughs> and I it agree. seems like maybe a, a man wrote it that had no idea how women really think at all like right yeah all they think about are is fucking and dicks and <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> But you see, that's that's so why I, I was saying I, I can understand what you mean. Yeah, I thought um, of, you know, just imagine this country girl watching this movie at the drive-in, and she she doesn't know what sushi is. She doesn't know what any of this stuff is, but she knows that Valley girls are rich and they live this kind of extravagant fantasy life. And I think this film mm. was playing to that idea, and that the reality is was probably a lot different than what you see in this movie. As far as how Valley Girls, uh, I mean, I guess just how girls were in general in this area at the time. Yeah, and what do you think, I mean, you're, you're touching on it a little bit, but what, what do you think is the main... I'll scoot over. The main goal, the main... What, what are they trying to get across here? What's the moral of the story? What do you think, what audience do you think they want to impact? You think that the, that they want to impact the country girl or whatever yeah. the not the, okay, the yeah. not the valley girl, um, basically. Here is my answer to that question. Very simple. They wanted a movie for Nicolas Cage. They didn't quite know what they were going for until they started to edit it. That's what I think happened. They had a script with some scenes. They knew they wanted it to be about valley girls, and Nick Cage had to be the badass. Yeah, I, I think character. this money, this movie came with a lot of money that that we didn't hear about. In yeah. fact, I wonder if 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 there is any detail on who produced it. It's an MGM movie. Well, okay, yeah. But I'm saying I think a lot of the feel of the film comes from the awkward editing. Well, in in the direction, but I, you know, maybe it was the director. It's almost as if the writer, the director, and whoever edited the film came from different angles. Right. And we ended up with this movie that doesn't quite hit a consistent tone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it doesn't mesh. No. Very well. So here's how I would fix this film. Keep all of the Nicolas Cage rants. Those stay. (laughs) And then the scenes with Julie's mom and dad. Just Mind you, there's a, there's, a, there's a really good Nicolas Cage rant that I think um, we kind of missed out on here. Because okay. for the most part, he kept to a specific character, except during the stalking scenes. Do you remember when he was when he was working at the fast food joint? Oh, we did skip that. You're right. Yes. And he comes up and he's like, yeah, hey, dude, I thought you forgot our french fries in the coat. <laughs> oh, well, Peter Piper picked the pepper. I guess I did. Oh, well, Peter Piper picked the pepper. I guess I did. Oh, How did we... How do we miss very, that? Very, very out of character for that for that yeah, actor. You're but right. Very in character for Nicolas Cage. Yeah, out of character for the character. Yeah. Yeah, it's like well, did, did he That's just get these? Improv. Did he just oh, get these 100%. jobs? <laughs> and and oh, you yeah. and you clearly see it in his later career. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's extremely cartoony. Yeah. You know, 
which is which is status quo for him. But. Oh yeah, and I loved it. I, if the whole yeah. movie was like that, it would be a masterpiece. <laughs> it would be right up there with uh, Gone with the Wind or. Uh, <laughs> um, Toxic I, I also wanted to say earlier uh, when you were talking about kissing scenes with uh, Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah, I'm already. I excited. think if you ever. If you ever are in a, a situation where you need to get rid of a boner, just look up kissing scenes and Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. Yes. That'll 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 do it because that was very uncomfortable to watch. Any kissing scene rock hard the entire time. The guy the, the guy <laughs> the, guy, the guy's got his mouth open the whole fucking time. It was like it was like poor Julie didn't know when to stop or anything. She I mean, couldn't stop. He, he just it, I, I I just never never seen yeah. such an awkward situation. Right. <laughs> uh, I I worried for her life every time I, he was kissing her. I, can you imagine? Can you imagine this exact same film in in, to, in like modern culture? No, I'll just say it. No, I can't. No, if, I mean I'm I'm saying this this predates this predates would, the, like the um what is the the term the the goddamn rating system? Yeah, MPAA. Yeah, yeah. It predates the MPAA. I, I realized that pretty quickly. Okay. Because I I seriously doubt that that movie was intended for um a for strictly mature audience. Right. Yeah, and it's interesting. You can go back and watch a lot of these older films that were rated PG, and you'll right. see you'll see nudity, full frontal nudity sometimes, yeah. and you'll hear cursing. So it's, yeah, I definitely yeah. think that's that's the case here. Well, I'm just gonna say this is definitely uh, bottom of the dumpster pile for me. <laughs> Absolute bottom. I don't know. So far. I mean, I don't know that I can give it the bottom quite yet. Well, it's, well I, there, I will there say. Some, good aspects to it there were some things that i that i i honestly from from his acting alone okay. and i have to take into consideration that this was his first film so we kind of got to cut him a little slack is what you're saying I, i'm saying this is his first film it's not sure. it i mean the only reason his first film is a starring role is because of the family that he came from okay so can argue that yeah so there's so there's a little bit of slack to be gathered from that that he should never have jumped into the high level career that he's in right that he's in in this movie. Wow, these are some fighting so words, given Steve. That he has no experience yet. I don't know. I can give it bottom barrel. So you're tell saying you what, you're it, it, go ahead. It, it, it's a it's a hell of a start. <laughs> I mean, I I thought we could we could start off pretty slow. Yes, me too. Going, going back that far, and it's like Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, this is. So we should at least be thankful that we were entertained. Yeah. And we got yeah. some quality cage outs from it. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So the caginess of it, um, I would give it. I would give it like we a. We gotta new... develop our rating scale. Yeah, we'll caginess. do it on the fly. We'll caginess do it on the fly. clearly from day one. Caginess is a category. Yeah, the cage factor. I mean, it's like it's above midline because some of those rants yeah. are pretty solid. So I'd say yeah. six, six cage factor out of ten. That's six pretty cages quality. Out of 10. Yeah, everything else, like just anything about the movie whatsoever, it's a zero. It's just complete shit. Right? Well, I mean, clearly there was no writing. There was no like. There was no real forethought on like what message do we want to get across in this film. So, like from a direction standpoint, yeah, it was it was kind of garbage. Yeah. 
the thing is, you you could go back if if you were alive back then and watch this movie and think to your like you already have an idea. This this guy's fucking different. Like, yeah, th- this guy yeah. this guy's yeah. fucking crazy. I mean, he's driving down the road yelling shit out and fucking just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, but I appreciate himself. that because that's what I did too. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so he we're gonna watch. He was definitely the only one over the top in the movie. <laughs> You're right. He took it that far, but that—that's why we love him. That's why oh yeah. Love, that's why we love the cage. So, we're gonna watch probably five films before we have a session, an episode where we have to pick between us the best of those five. So what I want to ask you now is just just based on this movie alone, do you believe Valley Girl has a chance of being the top? Man, I mean, the question is going to be what those five films are. Right. Because, see, the challenge is that we, we do know a little bit about Nick and the fact that his repertoire is very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not like your your typical, uh, like Jason Statham that only does, like, hardcore so action movies or are whatever. Are you saying he's diverse in how he acts, or is he diverse in the roles that he chooses? He's diverse in where he, get, where he collects a paycheck. because i'm not sure that i can even go as far as to as to separate how he acts and the roles that he that he plays Mm -hmm. because i i'm just not sure that he's that diverse of a character himself um but the label that they put on the movie Mm -hmm. as far as the classification and the rest of the actors and the development and the direction and of the films um are very diverse okay okay um We'll leave it at that. All right, so how about you, Kevin? Do you think this movie has a chance? <sighs> That's it's it's tough because this movie really surprised me. That's good. Um it yeah, it's really tough. I think it's a toss up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. But you know, if he had this much confidence and if like everybody knew like we got to make this guy a star or whatever from the get-go, I yeah. guess. And and he was able to move from there. Like, I guess it's probably not going to be the top because he's probably going to get more ridiculous uh, God, shortly I after, so. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll just have to see. So, Steve, why don't you tell us what the next Nicolas Cage movie is that we'll be watching? Ironically enough, it's like you're watching me. Our next Nicolas Cage film is titled Rumblefish. Rumblefish. It's also a 1983 film, and this one, this one was on, was actually directed by Uncle Francis. Oh, no kidding! No kidding! <laughs> oh my so, goodness! I am, there, and I'm again, that's excited. what I say. We're into some we're into some diversity here a little bit because it's not going to be the same like romantic elements that we saw in Valley Girl. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different, and and he's and he's going to be working alongside some some really well known today actors mickey rourke matt dillon oh my goodness dennis hopper yes this is great news would you happen to have that have gotten themselves up there would you happen to have a a description of the plot of the movie um yeah i've got like the the whatever it is like sentence and a half that sound good (laughs) yeah just read that rusty james an absent-minded street thug struggles to live up to his legendary older brother's reputation and longs for the days when gang warfare was going on. 
Perfect. Now well, it sounds like the natural <laughs> next step for Cage. Now Cage is not the the central focus of this movie. The, the the actual lead role, Rusty James, that is Matt Dillon's character. Oh. However, Nick Nick is one of the large large supporting characters in this film because Francis has no problem giving other people lots of money to star in their films, but he wanted to continue having a career. <laughs> so there was only so far he was willing to help yeah. out little nephew Nick. Wow, you 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 got some low blows tonight, Steve. Well, you know, I'm I'm determined. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little hard on him. Yeah. I mean, again, so the, we've we've come from a little bit of a history when it comes to Nick. We've we've previously in our life had some uh, some Nick Cage experiences, Nicholas Cage appreciation night. That's true. So we have a little bit of understanding of some of what he's capable of in his later career. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. This is our first time backdating this far into his career. Right. Um, but I know that he can pull out some classic gold later on. So I am going to be hard on where he started. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me tonight for our discussion of Valley Girl, Nick Cage's first feature film as, uh, with, as him starring as Nick Cage. It's kind of hard to phrase that because he's been in other movies. Yeah. But as, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, well, he did too. He did like a TV special. Right. And like I said, he was, uh, he was in the uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Correct. And got fired from it, and then he was like a very, very supporting character in like another TV movie. So right. not, the, and both of them were not actually as Nicholas Cage. There was Nicholas Coppola, right. and uh, this was actually his debut movie as Nicholas Cage. Yes. So if we really want to stick to the Nick Cage aspect, this is the first Nick Cage movie. Right. And I think we can all agree that it was about as miserable as it is entertaining. Yeah. But hopefully the next film, Rumblefish, will be more of a engaging watch, at least for me. I guess we'll see. And for anybody that wants to watch and keep up and, and watch it ahead of time before this, um, it is available on Prime Video for $3. Um, That's good to know. So look it up. Do you have $3? I can scratch it up. Okay, good, because I don't know if I want to pay to rent this, man. I'm yeah. kidding. I probably can. I know hey, that. uh... Steve, if you don't happen to know why he got fired, do you do you know why he got fired? What why from, from Fast Cage? Fast Times Ridgemont High? Yeah. I'm sure I can find that information really quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe even for the next one or whatever, but Yeah. That's a good point. It'd be interesting. Well, thanks guys for joining me tonight for our first episode of Late Night Cage Fight. This is Reese signing out. We'll catch you next time. All right. Later. Later. Late night cage fight. Oh, well, Peter Piper picked a pepper. I guess I did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now fuck off for sure. Like, totally. <laughs>